When we talked last, I was listening to music that I had been listening to for at least 45 minutes to an hour. Not because I wanted to, but because I was waiting for some agent to come on from Delta Airlines. Where was I? I was sitting on the stair wall or on a step, staircase. In the airport, there was nowhere to sit. Um, there was no one at the Air France counter. And so I was sitting on the staircase, just looking. The flight that I was supposed to be on, an Air France flight, flying from Dallas directly to Paris, France, was still at the gate. It hadn't left yet, but there was no one to help me at the counter and there was no one on the phone for me to know how to proceed. Hello, friend. Hello, my distant DNA cousin. Welcome. If you're new, you are at the right place. This is Life and Faith Chats. I am your host. My name is Joy. I am honored that you took this time to either listen or to hear me. This is part two of a saga, a recent adventure that I did not create and of an international journey that I was trying to make to Nairobi, Kenya. So I'm just sharing my story. Please come along. If you have not subscribed, please, please consider subscribing. And if you have, please thumbs up the video. It helps me. It helps YouTube to put out the content that I'm trying to create. And please press the notification bell so that you know when I do upload a new episode. Again, this is Life and Faith Chats. My podcast is a biblical podcast. I base my life discussions and my faith discussions on the Bible, which is still the number one best-selling book in the world. But more than that, it is my personal choice and life book to help me learn more and grow in my faith as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, who I believe is God's son answer, propitiation, gift to the world to let us know that he loved us and that he is the substitution for our sins to bring us back to God. What an amazing gift, especially during this season as we're looking for gifts for us to receive, to accept, and to get to know more about God's eternal gift that he gave to the world to let us know that he loves us and he wants us to be in relationship with him. So welcome, welcome. Let's get started. This is part two. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back to the previous video because it gives you background information. So for my friends and distant DNA relatives, they're probably saying, get on with it, Joy. Did you get on the flight or not? Now, the interesting thing is I titled that video or episode Stuck in Paris, but if you were following me closely, and I know you were, you know that I hadn't left Dallas, which means I was still in the United States. 
So the question is, did I get on the plane to get to Paris? And I'm not going to answer you just now. <laughs> I am going to tell you some back information as a faith chat. And I have notes to share some things that I learned during this experience. When I was sitting, feeling, I'm not quite sure the word, I do know I was emotionally exhausted. I was flabbergasted. I was, I had passed frustrated. I was um, physically tired. When I was sitting on the stairs, um, basically almost in an empty terminal to some extent where I was, I wasn't thinking about all these things. But I was still wondering um, what's going on. I know all of us have been there, especially when you've really prepared for anything in any situation in life and things don't happen the way you think they should go when you've put a lot of preparation into it. Making an international trip is not something at my age that you just do casually. Now, I stress that because I've done some random travel where you just like, half ticket, half passport, let's go. That's not the season of life that I'm in right now. So more preparation, I guess, when you get older because you're supposed to be wiser. Um, so what I wanna do, please, I want to share some things with you that I learned during this time. So even though I'm sharing the story and I said no conclusions, let me share some lessons that I think are important that I learned and I hope they will inspire you so that I'm not only entertaining, but I'm also inspiring you, which is part of the reason for my podcast. So let's go. Not in any particular order. But here's something that's important. Ignoring what you know to be the norm and just assuming that things will work itself out. Um, when I got my ticket, which I had gotten months earlier, when it came time or close to what it should be for check-in, I know that normally the airline has a system or program where they tell you, they email you, text you or whatever, and they say time to check into your flight. That is kind of the norm. I didn't get one of those. Should that have been a clue to me that something was wrong? And let me say that to say, especially since my husband got one. He also got one Again, you need to know the backstory of what I had said because he was traveling in a different class, different lane. He also got one asking him what he wanted to eat. And because I kind of poo-pawed that and I was like, yeah, 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 business class, they're asking you all what you want to eat. And for us, we'll be happy if they give us peanuts. Now, I know that they were going to give us more only because it was international, but I didn't get any information. And when the airline did contact me about um, paperwork, I thought it was unusual when they were asking me to upload my visa information. 
What I should have done, and this is a lesson, I should have contacted the airlines directly to say, is this you to verify? Because it was them. Uh, everything is so new now. Um, Things changed a lot in travel from 9-11, and I know that for younger people, that doesn't even play into mind, but things changed then, and things changed with the pandemic. I should have checked, but I was like, ah, it's some scam, and it could have been, but I should have followed through, because if I had made contact then, I'm trying to take ownership for what I should have done. I probably would have found out that there was an error with my booking that had to do with Delta. Mind you, this was totally a Delta airline mistake. They still haven't said anything about it, but that was totally on them. But I had some responsibility to follow through and to advocate for myself in terms of following through. So I ignored what I knew to be the norm. And we tend to do that even when it concerns our bodies, jobs, relationships, things where you just like, ah, let it go. Everything shouldn't be let go. And that's a note to self and just a gentle reminder to you, my friend. So that was one. In other words, there was a warning that I should have paid attention to. The other thing that I think about that I think was a misstep on my part, my husband wanted to, and for you, I'm going to say spouse, significant others, friends. When someone wants to advocate for you or to help you, don't be quick to let it go because you don't want to cause a stir. Sometimes you need to. My thing was, I didn't want to cause a stir. So when they said next or just move on with a mistake that they made, I should have stood my ground. And when my husband got upset, I shouldn't have calmed him down. Again, this is me reflecting. Sometimes you need to be the squeaky wheel. Sometimes you need to be persistent. And my personality in like it'll all work out or being too laid back. Sometimes there's a time to push. Have I done that and gotten results? Yes. And this was one of the times when I should have said, I'm not going anywhere. It was your error. If you need to go to the next terminal, you go there, but I'm not moving from here until I see a manager. And I had done that before. There was a time I got stuck in Washington, D.C., coming out of Paris, interestingly enough, and there was some airline strike or something, and the folks were talking crazy, and D.C. was my last destination. So I had to stand up, which caused other people to stand up for us to get some action for them to, which basically I said, I'm not leaving this counter with my two small children until I speak to a manager and a general manager and his manager and his boss until somebody addresses the situation. I didn't do it then. So again, that's a lesson, knowing when to push and stand your ground. All right, 
Let's see if we can get to another lesson that I've reflected on or pondered on since then. The other thing that I didn't deal with, I was playing into my fears. I was giving myself some options. Now, this is a spiritual thing for me. I have a love-hate relationship with flying. I'm not going to explain to you exactly why right now. Just take it as it is. And with all the different challenges, I'm overthinking. I'm trying to assist God, which is just pure fear and unbelief. And so also I resorted or I went back into fear where I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to go. But the actual fact is, Joy, you are afraid to fly. Um, you're afraid to deal with certain things. And so it's easy to hide. And then this leads into number four. It's making up your mind. Because when the lady finally got on the phone, after having to explain in detail what happened, speaking to an amazing patient, follow stick through it agent, who was somewhere in the Midwest. I keep putting her in Iowa, but she could have been in Salt Lake City, but she was amazing. My mistake not remembering her name because she was incredible. That woman stayed with me when I say over an hour, going on into two hours, untangling things. Um, she still give me some problems up ahead, but not intentionally. And it's something that she did that caused me problems in Paris. Remember when I say how I got stuck? Okay, but we haven't gotten there yet because we haven't left Dallas. But this woman really stuck with me. But the question she asked after I went through and explained, and I wasn't whining. I, at this point, was just saying what had happened and trying to figure things out and nobody being at the Air France counter and the plane not leaving yet. After all of that, she asked me, what do you want to do? And I think that that is so powerful. And my son asked me that too when I said, you know what? I'll just go back home. I'll just forget it. I'll just go back and just kind of curl up. And basically I'm saying I've given up and I'll just leave this alone. This is not what I'm supposed to do. And I think in life that God waits Allow me to say that, that he waits to see how serious we are about things. Because when we really want something, we will fight hell to get what we actually want. And having that resolve and that push and not being double-minded is a spiritual principle. I really and truly believe that, and I wanted to share that. What is it that you really want and you're willing to do anything to get? And I not, I'm not going to make it cute. God backs you because he said in his word, it's in the Bible, that he has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. 
When we make up our minds and draw a line in the sand, heaven backs us. As a child of the Lord through Jesus Christ, we are backed when we make up our mind because he said nothing is impossible to us. Now, how we get to where we're going, there are different journeys. But first, we have to not be double-minded. And I was vacillating because of the circumstances. I want you to get that. So when I finally weakly made up my mind and I said, okay, with encouragement and with prayer and with, with good encouragement, it's also good to have godly cheerleaders and to have friends who may not be of your same faith, but who are cheering for you. I hope I said my CH right, because that's a challenge for me, who are saying, go for it. Even if you go for a day, don't give up so easily. So when you've got a cheering squad and praying people around you, telling you, you know, get up, stand up. That was such a blessing. You know, shout out to my family, my husband, my brothers, my children, and to my friends and praying sisters who were checking and they were like, no, 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 don't let that go. Go and enjoy yourself. Um, which is what my mother would have said. Girl, go enjoy yourself. Tell Delta Airlines they got to make this right. And I know you probably saying, seriously, you were going to give up on it. I was because I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to go. That is a cop out if you're playing into fears. I'm not saying sometimes that's not something you have to consider, but I know that I was playing into my fears. So that was an honest confession, friend. So when I made up my mind and I said, I'm going to go, I need to end this part by saying, I did not get on that flight. And they were even on the runway for a while. No, I did not. But I was given another booking that took me on another route that had me going from Dallas now to New York, didn't leave that day, did not advocate for myself to get a hotel. That's a whole other story. Um, but I was provided for, not through the airlines. And on that journey, there was still an error with my ticket. And that error and just the way things were done, again, sloppily handed, handled, sloppily handled, um, even with me asking a lot of questions, brought about an entire other adventure that left me stranded in Paris, France. So you're saying, are you going to stop now? Yes, because you all got to shop and you got things to do. So you need to come back for part three. I promise we are going to end up in Paris and the story will continue and I will be sharing and um, this time I'm just sharing the crazy stuff that happened at the airport at Charles de Gaulle in part three. And um, there will be a bonus one because I do have uh, just an inspirational 
message that the Holy Spirit shared with me when I again was in Paris, but this time in the air heading back. And did I get to Kenya? Okay, let me show you something. See my shirt? I did. Okay, come back, friends. This is kind of long. I'm sharing honestly. And um, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. And peace and blessings on your week. Don't shop too much. Bye for now. See you next week.